Hey. Hi. Hi, this is Dr. Christine. And Dr. Colin. And we are your co-hosts for the exciting new podcast called Love, Love Scrubs, Scrubs, and Stories, where we dive deep into the world of dating and relationships and go beyond the people wearing the white coats, the scrubs, and the stethoscopes. Come join us on this journey where we engage in dialogue and share stories of love, heartbreak, resilience, and triumphs. And we also navigate our professional lives with our hearts on our sleeves. Please remember to subscribe and hit the notification button to stay up to date on all future episodes. And, and we, we look, look forward, forward to, to seeing, seeing you inside. inside. Hey! Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Love, Scrubs, and Stories podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. And if you're not familiar, our podcast dives into all things dating and relationships, and we go over topics of love and heartbreak and resilience and triumph and so much more. So uh, we can't wait to to get started on today's podcast. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful episode for you all. Yeah. I'm Dr. Colin Zhu. Just reintroducing myself. I'm the founder of The Chef Doc, and uh, you know we're super, super um, excited to be here. And this is my lovely co-host. I'm Dr. Christine Wynn, founder of White Coat Romance. We have a great guest for uh, you guys today, and uh, her story is super, super filled with so much, um, you know, compassion and a lot of learning and a lot of resilience built in and weaved into it. But before we get to her, I wanted to ask uh, Christine: Is you know, we've talked a lot about dating, we talked a lot about relationships, and we do talk a lot about self-care and resilience on this podcast. But what we haven't approached as much is the topics of loss and and the topics of, you know, that suffering um, and heartache and heartbreak that comes, you know, through loss, whether it's in a romantic partner or just loss in general. So I ask that to you, you know, what are some life experiences that you have traversed that you've learned through loss and how has that, you know, kind of shaped you? Yeah, certainly a very, very important topic. And it's, you know, part of, you know, finding love. And unfortunately, um, you know, some of us go through loss, whether loss of romantic relationships or, or other types of relationships. And, and for me, you know, I, you know, in thinking about this, fortunately, I had um, lost some very, very wonderful friends, you know, from childhood, as well as also uh, one from medical school, you know, and she was a dear friend of ours that was, you know, we're part of a very tight knit group of girlfriends um, that we always got together. And um, due to circumstances, she ended up a year behind us, you know, when we all graduated. And so I was in my intern year. Um, and, you know, we kept in touch this whole time. I went to UC Davis, and she was, you know, this the beginning of my intern year and she was about to start, she had matched in her emergency medicine residency. So just couldn't be more excited and also couples match. And I got that text in the middle of like my pediatrics residency and it just, you know, shook me to the core. And um, yeah, we ended up back at um, UC Davis and with her family to celebrate her life. And it was tough. And, you know, I think just going through something like that and, you know, um, just really did help me reflect kind of like what's truly important in life. And, and are we living in alignment with, you know, who we are, and kind of, you know, where we're at in life, you know? Mm-hmm. So how about you, Colin? Like, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I suffered a loss. My first biggest impactful loss was the loss of my best friend when I was 20. Um, I remember it clear as day, pretty much, I 
believe it was like between junior and senior year, we would have this end of the year, like concert, you know, just kind of like concert bash that the college would, you know, organize and a lot of headliners and things. And I was, I, I was in the crowd, you know, mm-hmm. not too far away from the stage. And I remember just getting this text, this not text, but call. And it was my other friend that called me and had told me that, you know, my best friend had passed away and uh, he passed away from a brain tumor, a melanoma. And uh, it wasn't something sudden. Uh, We knew that he was diagnosed and trying to get treatment and all that. But I think it was the most impactful because one, you know, I hadn't uh, entered medical school yet. I hadn't entered residency yet where you go through the rigors of, you know, uh, just loss after loss and patients dying. And, you know, that shapes you, you know, professionally, right? So this was my first instance in terms of shaping me personally. And I remember, you know, because it was just so noisy, because I was at a concert, I didn't get a chance to process it until, you know, much later that night where I was on the group call with other people. And I remember, you know, um, when the call ended, you know, I was looking into a window, it was like really dark. And I just started, you know, crying and sobbing uh, hysterically because his uh, parents were um, kind of like a second family to me. And so to this day, I still call them and check on them and see how they, uh, you know, they don't have any more sons. He was the only boy. And so how that, how that has shaped me is, you know, kind of similar to how, you know, the pandemic is for many people. It's really about reminding us how precious and fragile life is and to not take things for granted. And it reinforces for me uh, relationships and the quality of relationships and how that uh, for me needs to be prioritized because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so I make it, I do my best to make it an attempt. You know, it doesn't happen all the time because, you know, we're just so inundated with just life, you know, uh, just focusing being present in the moment, dedicating time without distraction, you know, focusing and, you know, giving that person that's that attention. And to me, you know, we come into life and we leave life, you know, passing on without anything. We can't bring uh, stuff with us. So for me, what you bring is memories and experiences. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it's about how can I make this the most enriching experience um, possible? even if it's just a conversation over coffee, because you just don't know, you know, what happens the next second moment, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss and uh, thanks for sharing with us. And it's just amazing. Like, you know, what you took out of this, this loss and sort of how it, it helped you to sort of reevaluate your life and help you to, you know, reinforce and nurture the relationship, the existing relationships that you have and to help you with this outlook on life and what really, really kind of taking the full advantage of what life has to offer and not to live life with any regrets. And so for it's, sure. it's, it's truly, truly amazing. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And, I, and I appreciate you sharing mm-hmm. yours. So, yeah, uh, you know, the, these are, this is a tough topic, but I think it's really important topic that we want to talk about. You know, it's all part of, you know, being human and it's part of uh, the spectrum of love. And unfortunately loss is a part of it, but loss can be something that we don't have to, you know, just experience and, and let that, and not, you know, you help you know from there perhaps that could help us gain some perspective and and elevate us yeah. to and motivate us and elevate us to live our life you know so that we and and the the people that we've lost could be truly proud of you know yeah yeah, yeah. for sure and you know i i'm a big proponent of not letting a certain event 
you know, define us, yeah, you know, um, and um, it's something that happens, something that transpires. And it's really up to us in terms of how we respond to it. And, you know, can we let it add to our experience and learning and wisdom? And what do we choose to do moving forward? Or do we allow it to, you know, hold us back in some way, shape or form, which is not good or bad. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, something that happens to, you know, us because we're human, we go through our emotions and, you know, whatnot. So it's very interesting. Uh, it could be a whole, we can do a whole yeah. episode on, uh, on trauma, but I want to bring in our guests. Yes, uh, we're super, super, super excited. So let me just read a short bio, you know, for her. So her name is Dr. Jillian Riggard. Uh, she is a DMD and an MD, an oral medicine physician. She's also a research a fellow in radiation oncology and life and professional leadership dedicated to bringing the humans back into healing. She's passionate about helping people to discover or rediscover what it means to live a life true to themselves and creating a life that is in alignment with their own core values, freeing themselves from living for the expectations of others. So without further ado, please welcome Dr. Jillian. Hello. 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 So excited. It's, it's so great to join us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really grateful to be here with you both. Awesome. You are impressive. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously uh you you know, so accomplished. Uh, I'm sure we could continue on and on about your bio, but for time's sake, we had to like pare it down. But you know, that is not the focus of where we're at. And, and especially as we'll hear from you, you know, some of the, you know, the issues and the, the lack of, you know, and some of the, the, the thing with just like the titles and the accolades and stuff that, you know, that I know you'll get into. Uh, was there anything more to your bio that you'd like to add? Nope. Except for I'm a dog mom. So the number one <laughs> in my life right now is my dog, Reese. Oh, I love Reese. Mm -hmm. uh, well, hopefully he can join us at some point if he's already yeah, no. <laughs> you Don't let him hear you say that. Oh. <laughs> be You're like, ooh, oh, an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we were a therapy dog team during COVID. So Zoom used to be his place to really highlight what he could do as a therapy dog over a virtual visit. So he loves to participate, but we'll have him stay out for tonight. Awesome. Awesome. So before we get into the nitty gritty, we like to start off by asking our guests what their, you know, unique, you know, medical pickup line is. And so, you know, <laughs> it's always fun. We do this as an icebreaker. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, you know, you are going about your office, you know, and uh, you have some like new recruits, possible new associates and partners come through. And one of them catches your eye, right? So, what would be a pickup line that, you know, you would just nonchalantly give without even blinking? What would that be? Oh, gosh. Well, it definitely depends on what somebody's background and interests are. So for more of the people who are interested in like the translational science, it might be, are you a C-reactive protein because you have a cute face? <laughs> people don't get it. Of course, we say a hyphen C-U-T-E, and then face <laughs> would be spelled P-H-A-S-E. And, and if it was a urologist, I, I might say, my love for you burns stronger than any UTI. <laughs> Strong work, Jillian. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is awesome. I think probably she why I'm keep going. Yeah, yeah, she could probably keep going. I like it. I think yeah. some of our guests, maybe, yeah. 
we need to refer some of our guests to you in case they get stuck in yeah. more lives. Yeah. yeah, send them my way. My coach will be another. I'll I'll, I'll have another layer to my coaching. Uh, <laughs> But don't tell them I'm still single because they won't think that it works. (laughs) Thank you for playing along. Yeah. (laughs) So Jillian, Jillian, so we, uh, we love your story and I definitely want to start off, you know, this conversation with, you know, sharing your experiences and, you know, kind of, you know, branching off of what we've talked about. How does your experiences relate to that in terms of loss, in terms of, you know, how that has shaped you and what you've learned and what you've decided to keep for yourself to, in order to move forward. If you can share it, go into that for us, please. Yes. And and thank you for both sharing parts of your story as well. I, I do think loss and reflecting on loss can really point us in, as you were saying during COVID really help to reorient us to our core values And between the years of 2014 and 2017, I'd say that's been the most catalytic time in my mission today to help people uh, navigate and get in alignment with their core values as pertains to loss. At that time, I had fast-tracked my way and put my head down to become an Air Force oral maxillofacial surgeon, pushing everybody out of the way because, you know, we think about our social life as going to be a distraction from our academic achievements, our professional accomplishments. And and so I remember moments of breakups and they say, you know, when you're with me, you're not really here. Of course I wasn't. It was really focused on my profession and I couldn't Mm -hmm. separate it. I couldn't compartmentalize. And so when I had gotten into oral surgery and at that time, I was really struggling with call. I developed suicidal ideation while on call, and I was super depressed. And I was looking around, and no one was talking about it. So I was quite isolated, learning like, okay, well, this life kind of stinks when you're doing it all alone, mm. you know. And and so I had an ex boyfriend who I still loved very much, and he would call to check on me intermittently. And one night in particular, I was super low, and I needed to sleep. And he calls me and I'd already taken a melatonin. So I was like, I will call him back later. And I texted him the next day and he ended up passing away before I could speak to him again that weekend. And it was in that time frame that it just looked like I put glasses on for the first time. I could see how out of alignment I was with what really mattered to me. And I refused to ever put myself in that situation ever again, where I was too tired to answer the phone from someone I deeply loved. And while I was a trainee in surgery, I was dealing with anorexia and suicidal ideation. Like I was the one with the poor prognosis, but my co-resident passed away and my commander who was very jolly passed away. And then my, and my ex-boyfriend passed away. And I'm like, these are the people who I thought had such a vigor for life. And they're the ones that were gone. And it would be such a disservice and dishonor to them if I don't see that I'm still here and don't live to honor them. So it said, no matter what I do, I'm going to live authentically. I'm going to try to make the most of this life because it's not just for me now. It's about honoring the lives that they lost. Yeah. Wow. Um, What were your immediate feelings like right after this happened? Like, yeah, I was completely numb. Yeah. Yeah. I was so numb in denial with anorexia. Like most substances or addictions or anything that numbs us. Like I was very medically compromised. And what I realize now, now that I have emotions and feelings and have the full spectrum of emotions, I just 
was completely dissociated. We know in medical training, we often dissociate because it's very traumatic. And so I just was not connected at all. It's completely numb, very empty and hollow. And of course I was still dealing with suicidal ideation. So dealing with those losses. And then at the same time, we talked about different forms of losses and I was being evaluated for a medical discharge from the military. So I was ended up losing uh, my military career at the same time I transitioned out of surgery, losing the identities of it all was, it just was a lot at once. And I I think maybe it's survival mechanism to kind of completely numb out. Mm -hmm. And so it's been, I didn't even process the grief. Uh, I ended up switching from surgery and then I gave my form to resign. And then I started a new residency. I think it was about the next day or two days later. And then fast forward to, I think 2020 or 22, maybe even just last year, I started mm-hmm. writing for Kevin MD. That was the mark of when I started to process. So many, many years later, and I think the unprocessed grief really contributed to a lot more suffering had I not just stopped and started to feel earlier. You know, a lot of with grief and trauma is, you know, there's so much you can do on your own. And there's so much you can do, you know, with uh, a support system. And so how important has that been? You know, take us through, you know, did you seek out support or help during this time? Or did you decide to kind of process it yourself? And, you know, when you acquired more of a a team for yourself, um, how much more did you gain in -hmm. terms of getting back to yourself and, you know, just say, okay, I'm able to muster up you know, just getting out of bed, for example, or just getting out of the door, you know, like how, how, you know, if you can give us like a snapshot of how that process, you know, was for you. Yeah. I didn't even make it to the bed. I used to lay on the floor, by the way, if anyone relates to that. But um, so I was in therapy from the first time I developed suicidal ideation. I went to an eating disorder psychologist who I believe saved my life because he really put things in perspective, kept me going. And I just needed that hope to sustain me to keep going my program director was very holistic. So if I was in a program that maybe saw you as the resident and that was your, you know, the only thing that they thought of you as, then I think I would have done much worse. I don't know if I'd Mm -hmm. be here, but my program director is like, I want you to succeed, whatever it looks like. I was contemplating going into psychiatry and it wasn't the right time for me to pursue that with everything I needed to work through. And he supported me, whatever would be the right move for me. And I had just talked to him a couple of months ago from today. And uh, I'm in a phase where I have to think about my next job for next year. And considering going back to that same institution, I'm like, but I don't know if I can go back and let you down again. He said, you never let me down the first time. And so it was my own internal dialogue that I had been a disgrace and uh, was such a disappointment. And so I say that because those inner thoughts actually had me isolate more. So Mm -hmm. after I left my surgical program where I did have support from my program director. I was fortunate that my next program had another very holistic program director who supported me a lot, but I was like isolating after work all the time. And I don't think people know how much you're struggling. And yeah, I I went to the VA for, for help. Um, And at that time there was a sign for PTSD and it was about moral injury Mm-hmm. And I hadn't yet named what I was going through. You know, people say burnout. I hadn't yet heard about that. Uh, I thought I was just me, which is why I 
thought I was the weak link and had to leave. But I was reading the sign for moral injury and I'm like, this is what we go through as healthcare professionals and having a name to it helped me to start processing things a little bit differently. So I've stayed intermittently connected, but I was definitely isolating in guilt and shame until my Kevin MD articles are the things that I was most insecure about. So people say, well, that's vulnerable and courageous. I'm like, because if not, I would still be in this dark hole or not here. So Mm -hmm. for those that haven't read your Kevin MD articles, can you, you know, are are they the same topics, you know, based on, you know, what you've discussed? Yeah. So there's topics based off of the call with my ex-boyfriend on there. So Mm. the ones relevant to our discussion, I risked my career to save my life. And there's call about survivor's guilt and, and that kind of details what I learned from not taking the call from someone I loved. Um, and then some of them are on a little bit unrelated topics, but similar time frame with my journey with anorexia and uh, learning self-compassion. Yeah. So I, it's, it's amazing that you know, I'm so sorry again about everything that you've been through and just all the struggles. And it's amazing that you, you know, when you need people in your life, the support, you know, and you met them along the way, right? The the supportive, holistic medical, you know, the directors that you met along the way. Hey guys, we'll be right back. And now a word from our sponsors. The Love Scrubs and Stories podcast is a collaboration and co-production between The Chef Doc and White Coat Romance. The Chef Doc is a wellness platform that offers innovative approaches to thriving and offers a self-empowerment book, podcast series, on-demand masterclass series, as well as a brand new app. The app provides self-guided education such as food as medicine, self-care, and resilience. Coaching services are also available, whether you prefer one-on-one or group-type settings. Please go now to your app store, as well as Apple as Google Play to download for free. White Coat Romance is a dating app for healthcare and health-related professionals and students in the U.S. and Canada. It's a lively space where you can find love, companionship, and build meaningful connections with like-minded professionals. If you're single, go to the App Store and Google Play to download and join our vibrant community. As we both serve these amazing communities, we also acknowledge the value of continuing education. Therefore, we're super excited to share an enticing opportunity with our listeners. Our episodes are continuing education eligible. That's right. You now have the opportunity to earn valuable credits while enjoying our content. Rest assured, the episodes will always remain free as we are committed to supporting our communities and amplifying the voices of healthcare professionals. To get a better understanding of how this works, the first three episodes are free to obtain, then the rest of the podcast episodes are at a nominal cost. So you might be asking who can earn credits? Well, physicians, nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians associates, pharmacists, dentists, as well as dietitians and dietetic technicians. If you find yourself in need of CE credits, we kindly ask you to consider directing your CE funds towards supporting our cause. Your contribution would greatly help us nurture our podcast production and continue to bring you valuable content. We are deeply grateful for your support. From all of us here at Love Scrubs and Stories Podcast, thank you so much for choosing us. And enjoy the rest of this episode. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And now back to the episode. So how did you get from that point and going on this healing journey and trying to just sort of reevaluate and reflect on your life? Like, how did you get from there to where you are today? Like, were there like new events that took place or mindset shifts that led you to where you are today? Yeah. So I know people hear about it a lot, but I did a lot of coaching. I joined Martha Beck's Wayfinder Life Coach Training 
which really helped me to get back in the driver's seat of my life and reinvent myself. Martha Beck, if you don't know her, she she wrote a book called The Way of Integrity, and I read that book and I realized yeah, I read I, it too. Yeah, I was leaving out I think of the it came line. from you actually. Yeah, yeah probably yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So The Way of Integrity is all about leaning into your authentic self. And how if you're out of alignment, it can manifest as mental health issues, uh, physical ailments, and not always, right? So we're not minimizing other contributions of other other things. But I identified with it a lot because I had people pleased and I had lost myself for so long that when I was empty, I thought I was worthless. And instead of just thinking I am worthless, I'm like, well, how do I reinvent myself so that I'm in alignment with what I find to be valuable? And it come from, you know a history of hearing as a child and other things like you are worthless. So it took therapy for that part. But then I joined some physician coaching groups as well. And you hear your story said by others. And I think mm-hmm. that really helped. And mm-hmm. I found from like a grand scale, getting alignment with your authentic self and being vulnerable in safe spaces allows you to connect on such a deep level. And all of that. I think Colin was saying about like, this is the meaning of life is these connections, right? Is it the people? All of that has made my life so much more meaningful. And I realized, you know, we're chasing all these external validation. And like, I was chasing the surgeon ego, mm-hmm. but my life, I recently moved from Michigan where I sold everything. I owned a condo and I just sold the condo and everything in it is like my reset button. I moved across the country to Texas with it, I brought a lot of old thoughts and behaviors. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. a move won't change it. So right, just the physical <laughs> location, right? But yeah, yeah. You can't put that in a storage sale. You can't put yeah. that in storage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I did realize I want a simple life, right? Mm-hmm. I just like it. Everything's simple. I like nature. I like connections. And, and in that, I felt a level of calm because I was like, wow, all these things society tells you to chase, like, one, once you get there, it did not bring me happiness. And once I started to really filter it back down, I felt so much more calm. And and we talk about relationships here. I'm like, the first time I feel like I'm getting to know myself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been very interesting because I can see for so long how my interpersonal relationships have been impacted by my own beliefs about myself. So is it safe to say, you know, without these events that's transpired, you know, that are very traumatic, would you feel like though that inner narrative and inner dialogue would have continued had these events not transpired, would you say? Yeah, I I think grateful for my rock bottom. So with anorexia, I've almost passed away a few times and I've had to sit, you know, I I give give talks often about deathbed regrets and people that haven't really sat on a deathbed might be like, man, it's not going to happen to me, you know? And and that also was true for me, even though it did happen to me, you know, and I was sitting there reflecting on if this is my last day here, what would I regret? And it's not only about them happening, but it's accepting that they were true. They were reality and allowing ourselves to learn from them because there's a lot of kind of controversial views on how to manage regret But as I've identified my regrets looking on the past, I see where my values are. And then I translate it to what am I doing now that's consistent with what I did to lead to the regrets before? Because then I identify what do I need to change now so I don't have the same regrets in the future. Mm -hmm. Right. So you've done a lot of the work that really questioned your disrupted, you know, prior way of thinking. And then you talked about how knowing yourself, you know, better 
and well and how that's impacted your relationships. Can you give some examples of how that has improved the relationships around you, whether it's, you know, romantic, obviously, or otherwise? Yeah. Friends, family, colleagues. Yeah, I think one, it's, you know, when you get to know yourself, you show up authentically and you're not constantly molding yourself to fit into spaces. So if you're showing up authentically and you're trying to find your place of belonging, well, it's going to be the place where you can still be your whole self. So when I am my whole self, there are going to be people who don't want that. I'm too much or too little for some people. And there are going to be people who resonate. So I'm going to consistently show up that way, even if it's uncomfortable, because when you are yourself, that fear of rejection is like, oh, they're really rejecting me because I really was vulnerable. I really showed myself, but nothing is more painful, the pain of loneliness. So I'm like, I would rather take the rejection for being who I am than the pain of loneliness for constantly molding myself to fit in because that discomfort was awful. And I think loneliness is something that's strongly relating to or reason why people are feeling so depressed. And, and when I was feeling most lonely, that's where I'm like, what's the meaning of life? Is there any purpose? And that's when my thoughts got the worst. So I think that leaning into the authenticity has changed the people around me and they more are in alignment with the same core values and are very supportive people. And have you gotten feedback from people around you who know you and love you and, <laughs> and you know, just seeing the Jillian before and where you're at now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, people in my close, close family made fun of me for doing life coaching and they no longer make fun of me for that because they see the results. And I think more, so I went through a lot of trauma therapy and in more, my more recent feedback has been, you're a lot calmer. And right? I'm like a lot, I used to be like, eh, I'm defense all the time. Like, Ugh. but now I'm, I am open and accepting and receptive of people coming into my life. And what I found is because now I trust myself to keep myself safe. What has changed is the ability to put boundaries to say no, because I do a lot of Brene Brown reading. And mm-hmm. talks, right? If we yeah, are, she's great. yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. And I, I saw her in Houston and, and something. Oh, you did. Great. No way. Yeah. Oh, nice. I saw her in Houston and, and the most profound statement she said is that at the core of mental toughness is self-compassion. And at the core of our ability to give compassion to others is setting firm boundaries. And I was like, wow, I didn't give myself true permission until it came out of her mouth. Like I read it, but it was in my own voice, but then it came from her mouth. And <laughs> I like cried because I was like, wow, okay. So you got to repeat that message so many times because we are often trained like at the core of mental toughness is beating ourselves down and then building ourselves up. But yeah. I beat myself down and I was like, well, I'm worthless. And I like had that negative dialogue. And then of course, if you're in medicine, we people please to get you know, good feedback and like, oh, you're a team player. And then we get burnt out and exhausted and leave. So trying to honor that. But also I think going through trauma therapy, somatic work, I did shamanic healing. I did like everything. To you did. Even, Let's even, dive no, in. Ooh, yeah. So I went to Sedona, you know, it, it was great. It had, uh, I just feel like I reached a new level of ability to get calm and I also think everything that we said has been part of it going through the grief processing. It hasn't gone, but I'm, you know, I'm allowing it to be what it is and where I'm at. It, and I think being more comfortable with who I am, and I'm not always worried about what's everyone going to think about me. I'm like, they're going to think what they think. <laughs> you know, They are going to think what they think. Um, so yeah, I, 
I don't think I ever thought I could be at peace. And if people are listening to this and they're mad because people said they could be at peace, I was that person where I would resent people for being all calm because I was like, oh, who are you? <laughs> and like, but you can get there if that's what you're seeking. It just, it does take some intentional work. Yeah. I think everyone's path, you know, a, a good reminder is that everyone's path is just unique, you know, and how we respond to them is also going to be unique. And that will either teach us or, you know, remind ourselves that, okay, this is what's working and this is what's not working. Jillian, so I definitely want to focus on uh, closing. I, my question to you is for those that are listening, let's just say they have not experienced similar, you know, tough losses like you have, you know, to make, you know, this shift. What would you say takeaways, tips that you would recommend in terms of how does someone get into better alignment or closer alignment to, either their life's goals, their, you know, their own personal endeavors or just themselves, you know, because the core of everything we just talked about is not necessarily the trauma. It's really about self-alignment, right? And what we say to ourselves, what we put in our bodies, how we move, how we treat ourselves, self-care, right? So what would you say for someone that, you know, maybe not a similar life path in terms of, you know, great losses, but what would you say in terms of how do I get closer to aligning with myself and how I can show up in the world? Yeah. I think the awareness is key. I think that people, we get so busy. I think it takes intentionally stepping back from your everyday and evaluating, you know, it's like, what are my core values really sit with those and people are going to be at risk of pointing to societal core values, but like sit with what you write down. Like, is it true that it's my core value or was it a value passed on by my family that now I think I have to uphold, but it feels like you kind of know, check in with your body. Uh, and, and then, you know, when it comes to just getting more awareness, we can have blind spots. So I think working with somebody, whether it be a therapist, a coach, a friend that you talk it out and you're like, oh man, am I really living my core values? And I always like to go for the why. So there's, I say my hand up because it says five. So there's like a five whys that we think about for doing quality improvement work. But if you're thinking about, I want to be an Air Force oral maxillofacial surgeon. Well, let me go down why and keep going down until you get the core of what's there. It's like, I love mm -hmm. surgery and I'm a badass surgeon and the Air Force is amazing. Well, great. But if it's like, because I think that I need to do this in order to prove that I'm worthy of life where I was at, eh, let's check in with that and see how you can be worthy today. And then mm. if you have that sense of worthiness established and still want to go do that. So it's not to say, because you're worthy at baseline, that doesn't say go, no, don't chase your dreams. It's your life won't depend on your accomplishment of those dreams. It will just be that you get to accomplish your dreams while feeling very stably aware of your worthiness as a human. Right, right. Yeah. Instead of the external validation providing, you know, that worth and value you yourself, you know, provide, you know, I mean, that's what we're, you know, shooting towards. And as you're saying that, it made me think of children because children ask why all the time. Yeah. It's almost like they we know, it it's almost like point. they know that, mm -hmm. oh, we need to get to the core of things. That's why they keep asking why. I think that's yeah, brilliant. Are like, no, duh. Like why, you know? And it's like, I don't understand it. Yeah. And so I, I loved it. I loved everything you said, Jillian, and also the additional comments that you made, Colin, as well. So where are you at today, Jillian? And how are you serving our medical community or perhaps beyond? And, you know, please share with us. 
Yeah, well, my primary role is I am a cancer researcher, but of course, online, if people are looking for a community, I have my YouTube channel, it's a life true to you. And it shares a lot of people who are still looking for where their true path is. And if you know, if you're on that path, it could be a lifelong journey. And there might be pivots along the way as your priorities change. And then they can find me on Facebook. I wish I wasn't on there so much, but I am. So (laughs) guilty. (laughs) Find me there. You're welcome to (laughs) connect there as well. Awesome. So we have some rapid fire questions. And we're just gonna, you know, point blank, just ask you and you know, just don't hesitate. And uh, yeah, just uh, Christine, you want to, you want to go first? Yeah, this is thought would be a good opportunity to, you know, you've, you know, thank you for sharing so much with us, but we thought this would be, you know, add like a little more fun into it and get to know you a little bit better. So just whatever, you know, first thought, don't overthink it. Okay. I'm going to start dancing or singing. Oh, dancing. Yay. So what is your deal breaker? Bad breath or bad fashion sense? <laughs> you know, as a dentist, I can't help with the bad breath. <laughs> And I don't think I have the best fashion sense. So I don't think any of those, I think lying, emotional manipulation, (laughs) deal breakers to me. Oh, I love it. I love it. We need a separate episode for that one. one. (laughs) She was like, I just walked into that one. Okay. Okay. You mentioned Facebook, but I'm going to pit this against Instagram. So Instagram or Facebook? Uh, Well, I'm on Facebook more. So okay. I think it gives you more context than Instagram is. I mean, I'm like ridiculous on Instagram. <laughs> Go find me there if you want to, but Facebook, <laughs> Facebook is my answer. Well, I don't know if you like any, any of these, but who would you prefer as a celebrity crush? Ryan Gosling or Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Gosling. I don't, do I know Ryan Reynolds? I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I think he plays Ken in the new Barbie movie now. Ryan oh, okay. Gosling, yeah, yeah, definitely Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Uh, so are you comedy or, or drama? Comedy. Oh, yes. stay clear for yeah. the drama. Drama <laughs> in life and drama on film. You're comedy. like, uh, enough of that. <laughs> yeah, enough. <laughs> what is your go-to move to impress someone, the sprinkler or the robot? <laughs> uh, sprinkler, I guess. <laughs> I got I to gotta tidy up my dance skills there. <laughs> I mean, next time, we're going to have to have them perform that instead of ask that question. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Show it. Show it. So dance, show us yeah, I got to practice that one. Yeah. So I know you're quite active. So are you, I can't remember, more winter or summer sports? I, well, I run on the treadmill always. Either one is fine because I'll be indoors on the treadmill. Ah, Okay. <laughs> But I live in Texas, so we'll say winter. Would you say you are more of an active listener or a great conversationalist? I would like to be a better active listener. <laughs> I think I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can talk a lot to us. Well, you know? I mean, yeah, we got we got to give those patients uh, some um, some some space too. Okay. Right? Yeah. Know. Well, in general, I like to know about everyone's life story. So I will say that feedback I've gotten is I usually know it in the first thirty minutes or hour of meeting someone. So I love to listen and hear people's stories. Awesome. Yeah, and you found your voice. I mean, you've got an amazing voice and so much, you know, you know, wealth of you know knowledge to share and pearls of wisdom. So uh, you know, I, it naturally makes sense. Yeah. And then last for me, what is your favorite hobby? I love to run and play with my dog. Nice. And uh, what is the funniest excuse to end a bad date early for you? (laughs) (laughs) Of the funniest excuse or the ones, okay, the ones I, I mean, the ones I've used is like, sorry, I let my dog to go pee. And like, that's not the funniest, but it's definitely a go-to. 
Oh, yes. you know, my patient uh, just lost his tooth, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, I haven't practiced dentistry. He just, oh. he just, he just fell. He just fell and like chipped his tooth on the, on the, the stairwell. The Air Force that medically discharged me is calling to recruit me back. I got to go on my secret mission. How about that one? There you go. I yeah. Like okay. I, like I had it. to think outside the box, man. I've been too yes. practical with that answer. Yes. Great job. Jillian. Well, Jillian, thank you so, so much. That was awesome. And um, again, you know, I definitely want to highlight you and how awesome you are for being such a, you know, very authentic, you know, uh, it's interesting how we sign up to be eternal learners. Sometimes we don't think about it in a way where eternal learning about ourselves, you know, and I definitely want to highlight that for you because it sounds like, you know, you've gone through the ringer, not just in terms of having these life experiences, but also, you know, you've gone about a lot of different ways to learn and, and, and take a lot of different types of lenses to look at it and to gain these lessons from it. So I definitely want to applaud you because you could have easily just went the other direction and just, not move yeah, forward and say like, and yeah, and say give and, up. Yeah. But, you know, you've went about it in so many different amazing um, healthy ways. And so I definitely want to applaud you for that. Yeah. Likewise with me as well. And it's just uh, amazing, you know, everything that you went through and certainly, you know, as we heard um, just, uh, you know, the snippet of it, the process that you went through to sort of, you know, find yourself and um, what you took out from all that. And you use all that to, to, you know, learn about yourself, you know, recognize the importance of living in alignment with yourself, you know, your core values. And beyond that have now, made all this contribution to our our medical community which yeah. is so amazing and thank you so much for for doing that for all the work that you do yeah. i yeah. think people who listen to this will you know you're giving them permission just kind of like how you know brene brown, brene brown gave, exactly. gave you per permission yeah. you're giving others permission to like step up be aware wake up you know seek help you know etc so yeah, I think the goal would to be help people before they reach that rock bottom or take their own life. And also people who are struggling with the same thing, they know they're not alone. I think those are the recipes for hope. And so that they can truly create the life and think, I am worthy of this. And how can yeah. I create the life I want? Awesome. And, yeah. awesome. and that we end, uh, what are the best ways to reach out to you? Should someone want to learn more about the work that you do, or perhaps, you know, strike up some friendly conversation? Uh, what are your, what are your, what would you like them to, yeah. to just reach out to you? Well, now they know I live on Facebook. <laughs> I haven't charged me rent yet. So you can find me on Facebook. And if you do uh, want a community, then they can find me on YouTube. It's the, the life true to you. So thank you so, so much, guys. Thank you so much for watching another episode. If you like this, please like, uh, comment, and subscribe. And if you feel like this is a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And uh, on behalf of you know Dr. Christina and I, we want to give great, great thanks to Dr. Jillian. Please say goodbye to her, and we'll see you guys on the next Bye, guys. one. See you next Bye. time. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this channel. If you enjoyed this, please like, comment, and subscribe. And if you felt like this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know as well. As a reminder, this channel does not offer medical advice. All opinions expressed are ours and our guests only. It is for general informational purposes only and does not replace professional healthcare services. Please consult your own healthcare provider for any medical issues you may have. Until the next episode, whether you're in and out of your scrubs, please remember to love yourself and others and lead with kindness. Bye. Bye.